Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We will be in Acts chapter 6 this morning. You find your place there if you haven't already. <clears throat> Very familiar scripture. Uh, we've no doubt heard it many times. Uh, going to look at it in a way I don't think I've ever heard anybody look at it before. And a uh, uh, way I've never looked at it before. <clears throat> so let's just jump right into the text. If you uh, have found your place, I ask you to stand and <clears throat> start reading with verse number 1. Acts chapter 6. <clears throat> In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timah, and Perimonus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples increased the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, how I thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for all of our good brothers and sisters that are here. Lord, the word we've already heard of how good you are to us. Lord, how you've blessed all of us, and no doubt all of us that didn't testify. Lord, we, we could amen and say, Lord, you've been good to us this week. And Lord, as we turn to your word, uh, Lord, I, I pray that what is on our heart, Lord, will be able to, uh, Lord, get it to the people. I pray that you would get me out of the way. I pray your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and Lord, give us an understanding that comes from you this morning, I pray, Jesus' holy name and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so, I've been, we've been, this is really, really important, guys. I, I really, I, I feel like we're not, I feel like I'm not getting the point across. I don't feel like you're rejecting me. I feel like you're maybe not quite grasping what I'm trying to say. This is about the third or fourth message we've preached on this. We've been talking about callings and gifts and leadership and, and, and all those things. And I, I, I don't know that we're getting it, but I, I got to say, guys, this is really important. I don't know if you understand why it's important, but this is really, really important. And I trust as time goes on, you'll see more why it is important. Uh, but uh, so I, I desperately need you to, to focus in with me this morning and understand what is going on here. So again, this is a very familiar text, very, uh, you know, it's been used many times. Uh, you know, most people 
think this was the deacons when the deacons were chosen. Uh, there are some who believe it was something else. Uh, but, but there's some things going on here we want to analyze and see if we can understand uh, how God works. <clears throat> so uh, the name of, the le- the name of the, uh, message this morning is Let's Talk Logistics. I like that word. I think that's a really cool word, logistics. But let's make sure we understand what logistics are before we get going. So uh, whether it be a company, whether it be military, whether it be a church, whatever it is, uh, if, if things are running the way they're supposed to be, there has to be a vision, right? Corporations have visions. Uh, churches have visions. Um, military has a vision. And a vision is kind of uh, where we would like to be, where we are going, what we are doing. It, it is a vision. But then underneath that vision, you have to have strategy. There has to be someone who says, okay, this is where we want to end up at. This is how we're going to get there. This is the strategy. This is, this is the means by which we're going to uh, get to the place where the vision is at. But then logistics is when you actually put the boots on the ground and you actually play it out, right? It, it's actually uh, the, the, the physical uh, working out of what the vision is. So you have the vision, big picture, where we're going. You have the strategy, how we're going to get there. And then you have the logistics of this is how it's actually going to work. And in the church, we, we, we would, um, I think that my opinion anyway, I think that in the church, most people would expect, and here at Sand Hill, I think most people would say the vision comes from God, right? You don't want Gary's vision. You don't want the leadership's vision. You want God's vision. So there's a vision for the church where God wants Sand Hill to go. Are you guys with me? There's a vision. But then, then the strategy, I think we would all say also, well, God, we don't know how to make that happen. So how does the strategy work? So here's the vision that came from God. And then there's the strategy we say comes from God. But then I think sometimes the logistics, we think that's not very spiritual. Okay? All right, stick with me. Stick with me. God gives them a big vision. God gives a strategy. And then we got to work it out because it's really not very spiritual when it comes to boots on the ground. But I want to argue that point this morning. I want to argue, and, and the question on the table, is logistics not spiritual? Is the actual acting it out, is it not spiritual? Is it something God doesn't plan for? That's really important, guys. you gotta, got to get this. This is kind of the whole crux of the message this morning. Is logistics spiritual, or is it something that is just carnal that we just do? Is, is it something God doesn't plan for? Uh, so we want to look at that this morning. Uh, so if we look at the church, again, kind of stepping back and looking at the New Testament, looking uh, log- logistically, <clears throat> today in our day, if you have a church that is running 50 and rapid growth happens, and this sometimes happens, and rapid growth happens, and they go from 50 to 100 in, say, just a few weeks, often we will see that church saying, what are we going to (laughs) do? We got all these people. We we have all these needs. We don't know know what what, what to do. There's not enough people to fill all the places that that need to be done. Then you look at a church that maybe is running 100, and in a very short time, they grow to 300. And and then a lot of times the leadership is like, what are we going to do? We don't have enough people. How are we going to meet all these needs? There's so many things going on. We are blown away. Well, let's look at the Bible. There were 120 people in the upper room and 40 days later there were 3,000 people in the church 
<laughs> okay? Now, we all know that story, but have you ever thought about the logistics of that? Are, are you guys, you guys with me? Are you guys with the logistics of that? You have 120 people, a handful of preachers, and all of a sudden your church jumps to over 3,000. We know reading the book of Acts, we just wait just a few more days and 5,000 more get saved. And then we know, uh, that it tells us here in this text that, that, that it, you know, we've all heard those messages, God added, God added, then God started multiplying. How many of you know it grows faster when we multiply than when you add, right? Addition is one thing, multiplication is another thing. But the church is growing exponentially. Um, a lot of scholars say that by the turn of the first century, there were millions of Christians. Now, we all know that, but have you ever thought about the logistics? You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, you got 120 men, you got a few preachers, all of a sudden there are thousands in your church. Who's going to teach? Who's going to preach? Who's going to lead? Who's going to take care of the kids? Who's going to, see, we never think about those things, do we? There, there's logistics. What I'm saying is it's great to be spiritual. God added to the church, but then what are we going to do? So where all of the details are not given to us in the Bible, but I think this chapter here is such a, such eye opening to God's logistics, but God, uh, sustained the church. And I don't believe that if we go back to the, uh, to the first uh, century, I don't believe that they were growing so fast. They're just saying, we don't have a clue. We're not going to do everything. We can't fill all the places. We, we don't know how, I believe God logistically filled in what needed filled in. Is anybody following this? So, God has a plan for logistics. Think about this. <clears throat> there was one church, if we understand the, 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 the word church, uh, you know, there were multiple synagogues, but, but when the church was born, Jesus went to the cross, day of Pentecost came, there was one church, one local church in Jerusalem. That was it, one church. So you had a handful of preachers, you had one church, and, you, and, and all of a sudden you had thousands of people, Okay. But then when Stephen, uh, here it, it, real shortly after what we read here, when Stephen is stoned and the persecution comes, they begin to be dispersed all throughout the empire. And so they start up multitudes of, of brand new churches. And not only that, but the Apostle Paul then goes and starts evangelizing a whole entire continent, starting hundreds of churches. What's the logistical plan? Are you guys following? We have no pastors. All of a sudden, we, ha we need 300 pastors now. <laughs> we have no deacons. All of a sudden, we need 600 deacons now. We have no teachers, but all of a sudden, we need hundreds of teachers. Did, did, the, did the church in the first century just say, we, we just don't have the people to do it? How did it, you ever think about the logistics of it? There, there was a logistical plan, and, and God doesn't give us all of the details again in, in a discipline, but we do know this, the church has worked. We do know this, Christianity worked. We do know this, that it went on to continue to take over the empire of Rome. So God had to have a plan. Now let me point this out, because I think this kind of is, is important for Sand Hill Church. Let me point this out. What did the, what did the magistrates say about the apostles? These are ignorant and unlearned men. 
These weren't seminary students. These weren't great college people. These weren't great businessmen. Most of these people who we're dealing with who came in uh, uh, um, in, in the day of Pentecost and who were in the upper room, most of them were common, ordinary people. How many of you know that's what God builds his church out of? Common, ordinary people. So we have common, ordinary people having to deal, and we have pastors, we have just a handful of pastors who now have to figure out, how are we going to take care of thousands and thousands and thousands of people? And they couldn't say, well, I'll think back on my seminary training and I'll realize. They didn't have any. And they didn't even have years of being in the church. Think about this. There was no, think about this, it's kind of funny. There was nobody who could say, I've been in the church for 40 years because the church has only been around for a few months, <laughs> right? The church was brand new. So everybody was brand new. Nobody could go back to this is how we used to do it. Nobody could do it. It was brand new. But did God have a plan to take care of his church? Absolutely, he did. And I, I can't possibly conceive that, that he does not have a plan today. <clears throat> so they went from uh, a, ch a church in Jerusalem to a multitude of churches in, in a very brief time. And the simple question of logistics, how did they fill in the gaps? How did they fill in the gaps? You would have, a, you would have so many gaps. You, you, would, you would have uh, all of the offices that needed filled in. You, how many greeters would you need? You had one greeter, and now you have Hundreds of churches, you need all these greeters. You need all of these workers to get, make everything happen. You, you have all of these things that need to be, and how, where did that come from? God had a logistical plan to fill in the gaps uh, for all of these things that need done. <clears throat> so God's logistical plan, let me ask you guys this question. When the church grew from 120 to thousands in a matter of months, was God caught off guard? Did God say, guys, I don't have a clue how we're going to do this. Did God say, give me 30 years and I'll get you some good leaders? Is that what God said? If you, and I know this is really, this way my mind works, this is analytical thinking, but if you really analyze the whole thing, they didn't have anybody, they didn't have anybody to train them, they didn't have anybody to show them how to do it, and they went from having almost nothing to having a huge megachurch, having a huge, literally taking over the empire, having a huge thing, and God filled in the gaps and gave them pastors and deacons and teachers and youth workers and, and all of the things they need. He filled in all the gaps. How many of you know God's an awesome God? Logistically, he filled in. You say, that's not spiritual. It is if you're the one who doesn't have any preachers. It is if you're the one who doesn't have any teachers. Logistics matter. And filling in those gaps is very, very important. And so God was able to fill in those gaps. And although we're not given all the details, we preached this a few sermons back, but 2 Timothy 2.2 and the things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Guys, I told you when I preached that, that's a simple verse we all know. But can I tell you, that's a plan. You have a principal uh, leader, you have proven leaders, you have potential leaders, and you have possible leaders. And everybody fits into one of those categories, and everybody's working their way through to be what God wants them to be. Okay? 
And so if we understand that, if we grasp that, uh, then we plug that into our church, I, I hope that it'll begin to make sense why, because I think a lot of you are thinking, Pastor, I've been listening to this last three or four messages, but I have no idea why you're preaching this. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I hope you're starting to get it. I want you to understand why we're getting, why we need this message, why this is, I've had this on mine for three or four months, but I believe it is critical, I believe it is crucial that you guys get what I'm preaching to you right now, because can I just say this? I believe we're going to need this very soon. And I know, so Georgia, I will say this in faith. I know it's not God's will for us to be caught off guard. But if we don't know what the Bible says, we can get caught off guard. So we got to do what God says, okay? So let's, let, me read this, let me read this to you the way Gary kind of, I was reading this alone in, in my head. This is kind of how I was reading it. You guys that have listened to the last couple messages, <clears throat> So let's look at, like, at the verses. It says, and the number of disciples was multiplied. That, that's God growing things. And, and then there was a need. There was a murmuring. The Grecians uh, were. So we have a bunch of new people come in. Follow me. Follow me today, to, uh, 2022. There are a bunch of new people come in. That's what it says. The multitude grew. And now there are needs that are not being met because we can't do it the way we did before. we got to do it a different way. And... The twelve uh, called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, and this is what I said on this verse. It says, it is not reason that we should leave the world, the word of God and serve tables. This is what I, when I read it, I, this is what I, how I play that out. The church is growing. There's needs that need to be met. But we have a calling. And we can't stop our calling to do what's not our calling. Are you guys following me at all? There's a need in the church that needs filled because we have new people coming in, but it's not the pastor's job to stop pastoring and go teach that Sunday school class. Is that a little easier to understand? There's a need in the church. Someone needs to fill that need, and it's not the one who's already got a calling. It is the one who doesn't. So they say it's not, it's not appropriate for us to quit preaching so as we can go take care of this need. So then it says, look ye out from among yourselves seven men of honest report, holy, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, to whom you may appoint these, these business. That was their calling. Now this is what I wrote in my Bible. This is the whole idea of logistics. So the church has grown. If you got to understand, this is sixth chapter of Acts. This is very early on. We don't know the exact date, but this was not very long past Pentecost. This was very early on. The church is very young. It's very new. The, the, the preachers are very new. The pastor is very, very new. And the church has grown to thousands, and there's a lot of needs, and there's no one to fill them. And the, disciple, and the apostles say, find someone whose calling is to do this right here. Are you guys following me? Find someone to do this right here. This is what I wrote down in my Bible. Where did these guys come from? <laughs> I don't know if you guys are getting this or not. It looks on some of your faces. Where did these guys come from? But Charles, they're looking around and say, oh my goodness, we got a packed house. There's hundreds of people here. There's thousands of people here. And now we have these jobs that are not being filled. Go get some guys to do it. But the church is three months old. Where did they get the guys to fill the jobs? God's logistics already had that worked out. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to see. So they're a brand new church, and the apostles say, hey, go find seven guys to do this job. 
And guess what they did? They went and found seven guys to do that job because God already had the logistics worked out that someone was ready to fill that job because God doesn't leave uh, no one to do things. He always has a prepared plan to fix it. Are you guys with me? Is it different in 2022? Now, we're going to get into this, and we're going to try and uh, unravel this in, in our day and in our churches, but how many of you know that very often in church, that's not the way it plays out today? But I'm saying here at Sand Hill, we want to be, uh, can we be first century around here? Can we be first century? Yeah, we can, Peyton, absolutely. Thank you, buddy. We can be first century. And what does that mean? We're going to do it like they did. And so if our church grows like crazy, we don't say, we don't have anybody to take care of the kids. We don't have anybody to teach Sunday school. We don't have anybody to welcome people. We don't have anybody. We say, we're already ready. Go get those guys and put them in this job because it needs done and God's already made them someone to do it. <laughs> I don't think you're convinced. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. So, <clears throat> They're going to appoint these guys to this business because God already had them prepared for it. Uh, but we will give our, verse number four, to uh, ourselves continually to prayer and ministry of the word. This is what I thought. I have a calling. I'm not going to leave my calling. But you go get somebody who's their calling is to do what needs to be done. That's exactly what this, this scripture tells you. Now, this is an astounding verse for every pastor. This is an astounding verse. This is why you know this is of God. Read the next verses, the, the next words in verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. <laughs> when you can say something and the whole church says, okay, I'm on board with that. That's amazing, right? And then and they have this whole multitude of, of people who were just complaining and murmuring. And when the apostles said that, all the people said, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. God had a plan. God had a logistical plan, and it worked. So they pick out, uh, so the whole multitude was happy with it. They pick out those guys that I'm not going to read their names again, and, and then and they put them to the business, and they start doing what their calling is, and the apostles keep doing what their calling is, and the apostles keep preaching the word and praying, and the other people are doing what they're supposed to do. And then it says this, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. How many of you think the Holy Spirit exaggerates? Hyperbole. If it says it multiplied greatly, I'm thinking it really multiplied greatly. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't exaggerate. So here's the picture. There was church going on because someone had a calling. The church grew greatly. There were needs. The ones doing the calling didn't quit what they were doing. They said, get somebody whose calling is to do this job. They did, and the church continued to grow, and great things happened, and nothing got missed, and the Word of God continued to grow greater, and more people got coming into the church. Does that sound like a plan for 2022? And that's God's logistical plan. So if we understand that, and everything we've been preaching the last three or four messages, I want you to understand uh, how this works. We're going to just try and put it into uh, real plain terms this morning. So a limitless supply. This is really, really, really important. From the time we've, had, we've got some new people coming to our church, we've got some new converts who just got saved. From the time you come in the door, your first time, your second time, your third time, from the time you get saved... You start on the process. We need to get this in our mind, guys. Everybody that comes in becomes a, a possible leader. 
and they get involved in the work, they get involved in the church, they get involved in what's going on, they're doing things, and they see that there is a structure to how this thing works. Now, because everybody is part of the possible leaders, some people have, if we preach for them, I'm not going to re-preach it, but some people have rose up to the potential leaders, and that just means they've shown some, some uh, things that maybe some of the others hadn't shown, so they've been moved up a little higher. Some of those potential movers have, uh, leaders have moved up to be proven, they've been proven that they can be trusted and used, and then there is a principal leader who could be replaced at any time by someone who's a proven leader. Now, we've already preached that, but I just want you to understand, if you go back to this, uh, this process, if we, if we implement this at Sand Hill, everyone who comes through the door is now a possible leader that could someday be running a great ministry in this church. And there's a structure to get them there. Okay? There's a continual upward movement. Now, this is really, really important. How many of you want to go to a dead church? Anybody here want to go to a dead church? Anybody want to go to a church where nothing's happening? Listen, when people come through the door, new people come in, people get saved, there is an upward movement. We're not going backward, we're going frontward. And isn't it, isn't, it bless, isn't it a blessing, Brother Kevin, how he, he come in and he started coming and now he's here just so faithfully and he's, he's involved. He says, I love this church. You know what that is? That, that, is, that is what we want everybody who comes in to get in that same track moving. Someday, Brother Kevin may be running some great ministry in this church. There's a track you get on and it takes you to where you want to be. So everybody gets on that track and there's a continual upward movement. In other words, we don't want anybody here, not one person here. No one's going back down. Everyone's going up. Am I making any sense? Everyone's moving to a position that you can do more for the church. And then, not only is uh, there always an upward, motion, uh, upward movement, but there's always someone to fill the need. I'll be honest with you. This is staggering. If we understand this, the, 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 this point was called the, unlimit, the limitless supply. So here's the question, guys. Let, let's just make it real. You guys, you guys talk to me. You guys, I want you guys to, I don't know if you guys are sleeping or not understanding. Listen to me. Can God, I, I'm being real serious. Can God take Sand Hill Church from where we are to 500 people and we have everybody we need to fill positions? Don't we have to say, I don't know who's going to do that. We don't have anybody to do that. We, 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 we've got these positions need filled, but we have no one to do that. But can God logistically have it set up that whenever that happens, there's already people in position to jump right in and take over? Now, here's a staggering thing. Here's a, if you guys get the picture, here's a staggering thing. How can it be a limitless supply? Because you constantly have new people coming in, so there's constantly more and more and more needs. Because you got to keep that upward movement. There's always people moving up. So no matter how many people you take off, you just place them with more people. And then you take some more people off, and then you replace them with more people. And you just keep replacing and moving everybody up, and moving everybody up, and moving everybody up. And no matter how many needs there are, there's always someone to fill it, and then someone to fill their spot. Are you guys following? And that's not always done in church. But I'll make a little bit of a bold statement here. That's how it's supposed to be done in a live church. When we, have, uh, when we have jobs to be done and nobody wants to do them, can I tell you that's just an indication we're not where we're supposed to be? Every job should be able to. I should never stand here and say, we need something done, and there's, a, oh, there's just nobody wants to do it. Are you guys with me? 
That's how church is supposed to be done. So there's a limitless supply. So can, right now we have two deacons, and, and say we grow greatly, we need a, you know, we need a lot. Can God, is there already set in place, is there logistics where we could have not two deacons, but we could have seven deacons? Can God do that? Absolutely. We have a, we have two or three Sunday school teachers right now. Can God take us from needing two or three Sunday school teachers to needing 12 Sunday school teachers and supply everyone? Sure he can. We have a, we have people who help usher and greet people. If we need to multiply that by 10, can God bring all that in? That's the picture I'm trying to show you. It's a limitless supply. And that's a whole new way of looking at things, but I just don't find where God is a God who says, no, I, I, that's, I can't do that. God always supplies and so if there's not a supply, it kind of tells me it's not God's fault, it's our fault. Amen? So first of all, we need to understand how God does it, and then we need to follow his plan. And I believe there will always be uh, someone to fill the need. So moving along, second point, <clears throat> this is really important. A qualified replacements. We, we, I think it was last Sunday or sometime recently here, we, we talked about being gifted and being called. So we, so we have our personality that God gave us from birth. We have our gifts that God bestows upon us. And then we have our calling that we're called into. And then along with that, someone needs to be trained because someone's got to show you how to do it. So you're trained, you're gifted, and you're called. You take your personality, you put all that together, and now you are the person God wants you to be to specifically to fill that need. Here's what I'm dead set against. I think you guys know I'm dead set against this. We got a bunch of kids who need a teacher. We got any warm bodies? If you've got a temperature and you're breathing, you're qualified. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want you gifted in teaching kids. We want you called to teach kids. We want your personality to blend with kids. And we want you to have been trained to know how to teach kids. So when we put you in there, you are training those kids on an excellent basis. Is anybody with me? That is how it's supposed to be done. And that's how it should be done in God's house. And, and, and God can just continue to bring up people who are qualified to do these jobs. And, and again, I, I, ho I think we're past that at Sand Hill, but, but, those, but, the, but, the, but the day of, 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 again, just putting somebody in there that, that has no desire to do the job and is not gifted to do the job and does not have the ability to do the job and is going to do a horrible job on it and make himself and everybody else miserable, those days are over. We need people who love Jesus who are called to do a specific job and have been trained and prepared to take that position and to, can do it with excellence. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? That, that's the kind of church we need. So we have a limitless supply, and now we have qualified uh, replacements. So people who will step right in and, and, and do the job. Now let me just clarify this. I think this is a matter of common sense, but so someone doesn't go out here and, and say something I didn't say. If Josh... If Josh takes over senior pastor of this church, we all know how Josh does. God already has a, a qualified replacement to take Josh's part. How many of you understand the, the plain common sense that someone can't step into that job and next week do it just like Josh did this week? Do we understand that? That's just common sense, right? We guys, someone, well, Gary said that they'll do it just as good as Josh did the first week. Now, that's not what I said. I said someone is qualified to take his place. Someone should already be showing the gifts and the talents and the training to be able to replace Josh, and they will learn to do the job like they're supposed to. So anyone who comes in, I would, I would not expect to put a new Sunday school teacher in and them do it as well as, as Chrissy or Jamie or Brenda because they haven't been doing it as long. But they ought to be qualified. They ought to be gifted. They ought to be trained. 
and they ought to be able to learn quickly to be what they need to be. Does that make sense to you guys? And so we're, we're going to have qualified replacements who can step in and do a good job. Guys, this is important. Ministry doesn't suffer when there's a change. If we have to change out and put in a new leader uh, uh, for in whatever position it is, we don't. We, the ministry just doesn't go down, and it's just horrible. We, we're in a place where the people can 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 take that place and move the church right along. <clears throat> and this is what the Book of Acts says: What we just learned. There should never be a downward movement. These, these brothers here, these apostles said, we are preaching the word of God. That is our calling. It's not appropriate for us to go down and fill those positions because we are fulfilling the calling God has given us. And we're going to continue to do what God's called us to do, so it's not appropriate for us to go down. So, so what that is saying is we always have an upward movement. So everyone who comes in is moving upward to be taking a, a leadership position and not moving downward to fill a spot that no one else will fill. Does that make sense to you guys? So we're not going down, we're going up. How many want a church that's going up? How many want a church going down? We want a church going up. Amen? So, so if we understand this, it's a, it's a logistical plan that God has. And number three, the sustained growth. Clearly in the, in the Old Testament, or in, in Book of Acts, I'm sorry, uh, there, is a, there is a growth. There's a continued growth, 3,000, 5,000, then multiplied. And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. And, and by history, it tells there were millions and millions saved. And we know there were multitudes of churches. So all of this was being done. So there's a sustained growth. In 2022, is there supposed to be a sustained growth in the church? There's supposed to be new people coming in, people getting saved, and the church grows. Is that what's supposed to be happening? That's what's supposed to be happening, right? And, and that's, that's what a live church does is it has a sustained growth. How do you sustain a growth? So if we have a bunch of new people come in and stand here, we're going to have a bunch of new needs we don't have right now. Are you guys following me? There's going to be things need done that are not being done right now. We're able to keep adding leaders. So we need five new leaders right now? Maybe a few months from now, we need five more. Then we need 10 more. Then we need 20 more. We're just able to just keep adding them because we have a process by which everyone new coming in is moving upward and there are continually new people to take over new positions so the ministries are always filled. It's the logistics that God has set up and that's how the church is supposed to run. So we're able to do, that's the limitless supply. We're continually able to add leaders. And, as, and just, I clarified this before, let me repeat myself. I'm not talking here about pastors and deacons. I'm talking here about women taking care of the kids. I'm talking about people taking care of this building. I'm talking about people doing the work. I'm talking about someone being over uh, uh, greeting people. There, there are a multitude of needs. It's not just uh, the, the pastor, the deacons. It's not just that. It is everybody moving into saying, this is my calling. This is why I'm here. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And if everybody does that, God's got a plan to fill every position. I, I believe that. <clears throat> New ministry doesn't sink the church. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. But if we need to do something, step out into something new, and we got to take three of our best people and put them in charge of that, it doesn't just, just sink the church because there's no one else to keep it going. We are able to fill that spot, do that spot right, and other people take up the slack that was presented when those moved on, and, and it doesn't suffer because there is a, a, a lack of, of those doing the jobs. <clears throat> Excellence doesn't suffer from growth. 
If the Lord blesses a church, you have a multitude of new people come in and the church is growing exponentially and great things are happening just like it is in the book of Acts and the church is growing, excellence should not have to sag because of that. Well, we got to start doing things not very good because we got so many people now. How many of you know that's not the plan? That's not the plan. We're going to still do it excellent even if we have a multitude. If we're overwhelmed by all the people coming in, we still do it excellent. And our excellence does not suffer because we have so many people. We have a logistical plan to cover the bases so we can keep excellence high and do it right for Jesus. And that is the plan that lays, is laid out in the New Testament. <clears throat> so if you follow that at all, and, and again, I think some of you are... are Pastor, I understand you, but I don't have a clue what you're, why you're talking about that. Well, let's just try and put it into uh, something we can understand. We've already talked about number one under application, but the reason this is important, the reason you guys need to grasp this, the reason everybody here needs to grasp this, young, old, been here forever, been here brand new, male, female, everybody needs to understand this. If God's going to bless the, everybody look right here. This is really important. Everybody look right here. If God's going to bless this church, you have to do your part. We don't need two people running this church. That's not the plan. We, we, that's the problem with a lot of churches. There's, there's two or three people running a church, and it grows greatly, and those two or three people still continue to try and run the church. That's not the plan here. The plan is all of you need to do what God's called you to do and placed you here for. If you will do that, we'll have someone to fill every position. So the church grows and grows and grows, but you grow and grow and grow, and we step into positions God has created for us because we have a gifting and a calling, uh, and we have been trained, and we're placed where God needs us you say that sounds kind of professional and business like look right here at me is God sloppy does God want things done slothful God wants things done right I think I think we're we're, we're way too long into that thing of if we do it if we do it professional it's not spiritual where in the world do we get that? I've shared this before with you, but it's really a blessing to me. Brother Miguel, you know, most of you guys know, um, you know, new Christian, hasn't read the Bible a lot, you know, kind of just new to the whole thing. So he starts reading brand new. He's just, he reads his New Testament through a few times. He says, I'm going to try the Old Testament out. It's all right, I have at it. So he starts reading the Old Testament through, and he's reading it through. Now, he, he's never been in church before. He's never read the Bible, and he's reading the Bible through, and he's reading the Old Testament, and he comes back to me after he reads the Bible, and he says, Pastor. I mean, the guy was just as sincere as he could be. He said, Pastor, he says, as I'm reading the Old Testament, I am amazed God is a God of order. <laughs> he does things right. He's specific. He didn't say make it uh, this many cubits or something like that. He said make it exactly this much. I don't believe, but then I don't believe when you went into the tabernacle or the temple, I don't believe a thing was not square and all cattywampus and, and hanging over on one side and crooked under. God said, I want it exactly perfect. When people see my house, they will know I do things right. How many of you know that still applies today? God wants things done right. And we are called to highly hold up his name. And that's by all of you doing what God's called you to do. Not what I ask you to do, what God has called you to do. And when we do that, we can do it with excellence. So God is a God of order. God does things right, and God wants things done right now. So we have new people coming in, uh, and God has a logistical plan, and we will always have competent leaders to, to, to fill those needs. Now, 
we're in a unique place at Sand Hill. And you say, Pastor, what's the future hold? I don't know. But I believe we're in a unique place. And I believe God's trying to move. But when God lays it on our hearts, say the leadership gets together and we believe that we should start a new ministry. How many of you know we're just a tad bit busy right now? It's okay to say amen. We're just a tad bit busy right now, right? We got a lot. For a little church, we got a lot going on. We could easily say we can't do any more than what we're doing right now. And I want to say this, and I've told, I've told the leaders this, but, but I will make this very, very clear. We need to be careful about what we're doing. We're not just jumping in things for the fun of it. We're not just doing something. We're going to do it on purpose. But when God says start a new ministry, can God give the people to do that new ministry? So we've already got camp, and we've already got OCC, and we're already trying to do outreach ministries uh, with, with Brother Miguel, and we're all these things, and we've got youth ministry, we've got all these things going on. Lord, we don't need any more. But what if God says we do? Then when he gives us new ministry, he gives people to do that new ministry. And then people to fill the gaps of what they were doing because they just left the vacancy. Is anybody following this plan? It's a logistical plan to, co to cover the bases so we can do new ministry. And it doesn't have to suffer and it doesn't get done wrongfully. Everything gets done right. <clears throat> now, you need to put your seatbelt on for these last two uh, um, or, or take a nitroglycerin pill or something. But <clears throat> these last two. I believe that if the God wants this church to grow, that he will give us what we need to make this church grow. And I believe if he wants us to start brand new ministries we're not doing now, I believe God will supply the leaders and the people to do that. Now, I really like, well, my flesh absolutely hates this idea. I abhor it. I, I despise it. I, I hate it with my, in my carnal flesh. But in my spirit, I love this idea. I think this idea is so, so awesome. But what if... God said, I want Sandhill Church to start another church. Is that biblical? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Brother Nate Ainge, we talked to him not to men's three, he was here, he was here at this church to explain it to us, but he's been pastoring for I think 40 some years, and he's got a really nice big church. Uh, but after all these years of pastoring there, here's what he said. He said, I could have had a mega church. He said, but every time I started getting so big, I started a new church. And he started seven, eight, nine churches. I don't know what the number is, but he started a whole bunch of new churches because he takes some of his people, some of his preachers, sends them somewhere else, and they start a brand new church. Is that New Testament? Absolutely it is. You say, I don't want to lose any of our people. Here's the thing. I don't either. I don't want to lose anybody. But if God was to take some of our people to start another church, God would have to give us some more people to fill their spot. Are you guys following this thing? I'm trying to show you that God has a logistical plan. And we freak out and panic about saying how we do this. And then what I'm just saying is, God's got this. Can I get an amen? God's got this. God's not going to grow his church and say, I don't have any way to do that. God's going to fix this thing. And so if God wants to start a new church, and if God lays on our heart, we need to start a new church. We need to build up, buy a building. We need to start a new congregation. We need to put church where there's not a church right now. We need to do that, and they will be a satellite of Sand Hill. We need to have people not only to go start that new church, but to take the place of all the people that are here. Amen? I know that probably scares some of you to death. But that could be God's plan for the Sand Hill Church. How many of you know I'm not in charge? Okay. <laughs> I'm not in charge. Okay. We, we, have to, we have to 
uh, find out what God wants and do what God wants. And it is a little selfish, and I'll say this for your pastor, it's a little selfish for the pastor to say, I don't want to lose anybody because those lost people over there going to hell, I need to keep my people right here. See, that's a little bit selfish. And if God was to take any of you, I don't care, there's not one person here, if God was to take any of you and put you somewhere else, it would break my heart. But if God says, I need to do that to keep those people out of hell, to build my kingdom, we ought to say, Lord, you can have them because I know you're going to take care of us. Now, Here's a, here's a, I think this is a brand new thing. Uh, I actually heard this from Tom Rainer. Um, but have you guys ever heard of uh, the, I, th- I think his son may have actually kind of uh, invented this, but, but there's a new thing going on. And in the day and age we live in, this kind of makes a whole lot of sense. It's called adopting a church. It's called adopting a church. And here's what they started doing all across the country. They've started doing this. You have a healthy church that is doing very well, and, and it, is, it is what God wants it to be, and it, they're teaching the Word, and they're, they're strong, and they're spiritual. Everything's going good. But down the road, you have a church that is dying. Sometimes the church down the road is down to three or four people. How many of you know we have no churches right around here that are in that situation? They can barely keep the lights on. Uh, there's nobody left there. Maybe they don't have a pastor. Maybe they don't have any spiritual leaders. Maybe they don't have any elders. Maybe they don't have any worship leaders. They are dying. They're literally in danger of closing the doors forever. Here's what they come up with. They take some of your good people and you send them to that church. And they help that church come back to life. Is that a biblical idea? What are we going to do if we lose some of our people? Listen, guys, I don't like this either, okay? Some of you may be looking at me right now, what, what are you talking about? I don't like losing our people either. I'm just saying, are we in a position where we want to build the kingdom of God or we want to have a good time here at Sand Hill? If we want to build a kingdom for God, we got to say, God, whatever you want, we're available to do it. And sometimes the idea is we'll send, we'll send our people over there. They will stay for one year. They're not going to stay there and live forever. They're going to stay there for one year. And we're going to get you healthy so you can get a pastor, so you can get some people in place, and your church can flourish, and then our people are going to come back home. Now, I don't know what God has planned. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not telling you any of those things. I'm just saying this. Whatever God has planned for the Sand Hill Church, he has a logistical plan to fill in the gaps. Do you want to be a part of it? So let me close with this. I'm very, very serious. I think we have good people here at Sand Hill. I think everybody here this morning is, loves the Lord and good Christian people. And, and I, I mean that. And I, and I think you guys are on board with this. I don't know if you understood the message, but I think you guys are on board with this. But I, I just want you to think about this. If you believe what I just preached, and if what I preached is Bible, and we have a need that comes up in this church and it's not filled... Guess whose fault it is? Someone's being called to do that, and they didn't do it. Now, I don't have the answer to this question. If you're a Christian, and God's called you to fill that gap, and you don't fill that gap, what happens? I don't know. I don't want to be that person. Does anybody want to be that person? You get to the judgment seat of Christ, life is over, you're standing for the Lord, and he says, I had big plans for Sand Hill, I had a job for you, they needed you, you didn't do it. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, yep, I was too busy, I didn't, I didn't see I was supposed to do that. I want to be the guy who said, I'm there, Lord. Whatever calling, whatever ministry, 
We've talked already, a lot of you are already stepping out into things that are not comfortable for you, stepping out of your comfort zone. God's calling people. I think this message is that God has laid on my heart. I think we've been kind of doing it for some time. We maybe just didn't completely understand how we were doing it. But a lot of you have been moving up that ladder and have been moving into things you're not comfortable with. But I want to encourage everybody here. This is not going to be a guilt trip. I'm not beating you up. I just want to encourage everybody here. Will you sign up right now and say, whatever my calling is, whatever God has for me, I'll do what God wants me to do. Because here's what I believe, guys. If we do, we'll always have a limited supply, a limitless supply of leadership we need in this church. And God can just bless us and bless us and bless us and bless us. Wouldn't you hate to get to heaven and God say, well, I would have blessed you if you guys had been paying attention. Wouldn't you hate to get to heaven and hear that? I wanted to do something, but you guys weren't watching. I wanted to bless you, but nobody... No, we want to say we did what we should and God blessed us. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.